The idea of this podcast is simple, discipleship. We want to bring the gospel message about how to interact with your coworkers, your culture, your friends, everyone around you in a biblical way, which is, in essence, discipleship. What did Jesus do when he came to this earth? He took the devil's stuff. The Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm 1101 tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory. The Rebel Alliance Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. Merry Christmas, it's the Rebel Podcast here again. As always, P-Nate and Pootie in Garage Mahal in our hideout. And Garage Mahal is decked out. We got some green, festive sort of stuff around us. There's a Charlie Brown Christmas tree in the corner. And that's basically the most that our Bah Humbug tech guy Dave gets. Yeah, seriously. He hasn't let his wife in the studio, otherwise this place would be decked out. But yeah, Merry Christmas from the Rebels. Uh, we are kind of forgoing our regular uh, segments. We're not doing some Rebel news and all that kind of stuff in December. We are just kind of walking you through Christmas carols, trying to help you prepare your heart for a Christ-centered Christmas. Uh, before we jump into that, though, I just want to give a, a shout-out to the Van Brimmers. Uh, the the Advent series has just been on point. Uh, so uh, at rebelalliancemedia.com, uh, they have released uh, this Advent series called Behold Your King. It's, uh, it's not... It's not um, a, a ton to go through. It's it's just exactly what you want, kind of for family devotionals or for personal reflection. It's got a narrative reading, a scripture reading, and then kind of tying um, the the promise of Christ with the reality of Christmas, and it's just been phenomenal. So I would really, really encourage you, if you're an individual and you want to go through just some some meditations preparing your heart for Christmas, or if you have kids and you want, uh, you're looking for something to do either around the breakfast table, around the dinner table, uh, it's it's phenomenal. It's really, really good. There's some questions, and, and even if you don't have kids, if you're you know at a different stage of life or whatever, with a friend, with a special someone, with your wife, whatever the case may be, uh, it's just solid. So go, check it out. Behold your king at rebelalliancemedia.com. Are you guys all prepared? You got your, your tree up, obviously. You you had your tree up months I've, ago. I've, I've had like. my tree up for over a month by at this point. So um, well played. I had to fight I had to fight off my wife from uh from putting it up like after we we got in from uh Halloween. Like that's normally when it goes up for her. Like Halloween is over, but not just like it's over a few days ago. It's like it's over because it's eight o'clock and nobody's coming around the house anymore. Let's put up the tree. I, I used to have a rule where it was like it had to be after Ohio State, Michigan. Um, Cause I was like, that was when like, that's the American Thanksgiving. That's okay. when like Christmas season seems to start yeah. um, for anybody. Ever. You're looking at me like, what is Ohio State? What, yeah, is, Michigan? what, is, what does Ohio um, State have to do with anything? But that was used to be my rule. And then my wife just subtly like, Every year, just a week earlier, mm. a week earlier. And then she, she's not quite at Halloween yet, but I think we, I think I brought it up on like the third or fourth of, December, of November, but we have a huge tree. It's a big, it's a big it chore. It's a big tree. Yeah. It's a big chore. So yeah. it's up though, but it comes down on the 27th. 
Nice. So like it doesn't last. It's like the moment Christmas is over, it's like it's down. Ours is usually there until New Year's, but we love Christmas and yes. and uh, and we love Christmas because particularly, I think I said this on last week's episode, but I'll say it again because it's worth reiterating. Christmas just reeks like Christian victory, right? Like it's you know if if there's any time of year where um, the the gospel is kind of palpable in the air, oftentimes it's, I, I feel like it's Christmas. It's singing Christmas carols in the car, in traffic, in the malls, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's fantastic. And, and on top of that, uh, we love Christmas because the church gets its theology right at least once a year, right? Because we sing Christmas carols and we're all post-mill at Christmas as we sing, far as the curse is found, he rules the world with truth and grace. So, um, yeah, anyway. For anybody listening, that la- this, this podcast would last three minutes before Nate threw that in there for you guys. So yeah. that's good. And that was with restraint. So so today, so today, Chris, what, uh, what carol are we going to walk through? Uh, we're going to sing... The, we're not going to sing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I sorry. Didn't know I, I, I'm a worship guy. Right? Um, please don't. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Oh Holy Night. It's one that you probably don't go to an evangelical church that doesn't sing this song at least once over Christmas. But it's played everywhere. It's on the radio every day. It's on movies. It's everywhere. Oh Holy Night. So we're gonna play it for you guys, and then we're gonna talk about it. The stars are brightly shining It is the night of the dear Savior's birth Long lay the world in sin and error pining Till he Oh, no. 
Well, there it was. Oh, holy night. I hope that guy, I hope that uh, spoke to you. It's a powerful song. Yeah, so, it is a powerful song. It, you know, what's funny is we're um, just in, in preparing for this a little bit. And I, I was just pulling up the lyrics on Google. You, you type in Oh, holy night into Google. And the first thing that comes up is Mariah Carey, <laughs> which is which is uh, unfortunate. But um, but it is interesting because like the people who have like famous renditions of the song are like Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, like these people with like really, really powerful voices. And there is something like in th- that moment when when the song gets to like, you know, fall on your knees, oh, you know, or when it says uh, when it changes that to like um, Christ is the Lord. Uh, praise his name forever like those are that it's just powerful it's a powerful song powerful lyrics powerful music in behind it it rises at the right times falls the right times it's just a good song um i i always find it pretty moving when we sing it in uh, in worship um but there are a couple things that we found as we were kind of preparing to talk about this uh you had you had a few interesting points about this song that you kind of three facts that you think most people don't know about this song yeah, the the interesting the history of the song is is fascinating. So it is, yeah. Um, one of the things what we we wanted to do when we were going through the series was start to think about where did the song come from because a lot of times the original purpose of the song is a lot better than what we've made it. If that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and true. this is one of those songs that it's like, uh, like we said, it's it's very powerful. But the the history of this song and how God has used it is very interesting. So first thing I wanted to mention is that this song's actually not written by a Christian. Yeah, that, that was so, that was shocking to me. Um, yeah, so it's it, it's it's really interesting. So there's this. Um, do you want me to go through like part of the story yeah, well, here? Talk, it's it's interesting. It, yeah. So there's this there's this French poet uh, who lives in this small community in France, and the um, the priest, the parish priest in his area, knows he's this kind of famous ish poet, and uh, and he asks the poet who only comes to church on Christmas and Easter, so he's one of those guys, um, so not a Christian, but the the priest goes to him and asks if he would write a poem that could be read at the Christmas mass. Um, so there's, there's like first strike against this priest. We don't like him <laughs> because you don't, you don't go to a pagan and ask him to, to write something for your Christmas service. But it's interesting that the sovereignty of God is obviously at play in all of this. So, so he asks this, this poet to do that. And he says to him that kind of the, the instruction he gives him is pr- like, imagine yourself, try to, try to envision yourself there on that night in Bethlehem when Jesus is born. And so this, this French poet kind of imagines himself there and he writes this poem using um, uh, Luke's gospel as his guide. Um, this, this French guy, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, Placide Capot? 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 Anyway, Capo. so he, he imagined witnessing the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. And, uh, and so he, he writes this poem and, and this poem um, moves him in such a way that he's, and he'd never done this with any of his poems previously, he said this needs to be put to music. So he was moved by it. Now, he, I, he didn't become a Christian, and we'll get into that later <laughs> as to why, why, what was evident about that. But um, So he actually goes to another guy, a guy named Adolf something or other, and uh, who's actually a Jewish guy. So obviously he was born before the 40s. <laughs> this, is, this, this is 1840-something. And, uh, and so this, this Jewish guy who was a, a, a renowned musician in the area, he put uh, music to uh, Capo's lyrics, What's interesting is that this Jewish guy essentially got converted to Christianity while working through this song, which is pretty cool. I mean, um, again, you don't know how much of this story is kind of, you know, just the story for the story's sake, but there, there's some interesting things. So, so this song, uh, and it uh, originally Cantique du Noël, 
my, my French is awful. So who knows what it is? But Oh Holy Night, the original, um, it actually ends up, so it gets famous in France and, uh, and eventually gets banned because um, the, the poet, this is, this is actually pretty funny. He walks away from the church and becomes part of the socialist movement. So, so, the, <laughs> so, so the song was banned for two decades, which is interesting because even back then, this is over 150 years ago, they knew that socialism and Christianity is not compatible, but that's a bunny trail. I'm not going to go down right now. Um, so, so the song gets banned and, uh, and there's this American guy who finds the song, I think when he was visiting France or something named John. Sullivan Dwight and he heard the song felt that it was a wonderful Christmas song that needed to be introduced to America and that kind of leads to your your point number two so I'm walking us through the history but these bleed your points together so what was the point number two that people don't know about the song yeah the second part of the second point was that this is a favorite during the American Civil War that's right. And this song became like a, a rallying cry for abolitionists. That's right. So this song comes and gets introduced in as a Christmas carol in America, right in the midst of the animosity leading up to and then in the Civil War. And so John uh, Sullivan Dwight, when he translated this this uh, French uh, this French song into English, the line that caught his attention was, "Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break." for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease well what a, what an amazing uh, few lines for uh, those fighting to abolish slavery in the US so that's how it got roots in uh, in America and and then interestingly um, uh, legend has it that on Christmas Eve 1871 in the midst of the fierce fighting between uh, the armies of Germany and France during um, this this particular war that was going on a French soldier suddenly jumped out of his muddy trench and both sides started um, singing this song together now I, I don't know how true that is but the, it, it's just interesting how in different areas civil war this this uh, war in France um, the, this song seemed to have relevance in the midst of really tumultuous times um, which is actually quite interesting when you think back to um, you know the context of uh, the biblical story because uh, the verse that we all know from uh, Isaiah chapter 9, right unto us a child is born, um, and uh, it goes on to say, read his name will be wonderful counselor, mighty God, all that kind of stuff. But what's interesting is that before you get to verse 6, it says, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. It actually starts by talking to the people who dwelled in deep darkness in the land of Galilee. It says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. Uh, you have multiple multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. The rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest as they are glad when they divide the spoil for the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulders and the rod of the oppressor you have broken as in the days of Midian for every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire for unto us a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be on his shoulders and his name shall be called and what's interesting about that is that the promise, the very first promise of this child who's going to be born as the Messiah in Scripture in, in, uh, in Isaiah chapter 9 explicitly um, as a child, it, it talks about all of the 
the bloody history of, of Galilee. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Galilee is kind of to the north of Jerusalem, and just the way geographically um, Jerusalem or Israel is set up, invading armies would, would always, uh, in order to avoid the mountains and everything, have to come in through the north, and they'd get to Jerusalem through the north. And so, so the, the, you know, the Galilee region was the place where an invading army would come through and, and rape and pillage and plunder uh, on their way in and their way out, even, you know, because the only thing worse than an invading army is a, is a defeated army that's that's coming back through your region after it's been defeated at the capital. So, um, you know, the, the land of Galilee had this really bloody history. And it's just interesting that this song really gained its fame in, in, in really bloody moments in both France and uh, America's past. So anyway, that's where there's there's a bunny trail for you. Why don't we talk about the actual song? Well, let's finish the third fact first. Oh yeah, sorry. First, sorry. Um, this one's just kind of an interesting thing. Is that the? It's the first song. Well, allegedly, this there's some debate about this, but it's allegedly the first song ever ever to be broadcast live. So what that means is not the first song ever played, but the first song ever broadcast live. And it's just very interesting that there that this could be the first song because it's speaking of Christ entering the world. And then yeah. the song that gets transmitted out so often we forget that Christianity is at the roots of all at so many things so many that are things, yeah. that change like Morse code and telephones yeah. and live musical broadcasts where yeah. like the first ones are proclaiming Christ's victory to the world right yeah it's awesome um, okay so let's go through and we'll actually work off of John Sullivan Dwight's version of the lyrics um, and uh, we don't want to read it in French <laughs> <laughs> well so we actually have an interesting literal English translation from the original piece that was written um, by Capo in in his his poem but um, the the original song that kind of was translated for American use we, we this is the one we know oh holy night the stars are brightly shining it is the night of our dear savior's birth long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn so how do those lyrics land on you there chris well i i love that verse yeah this is what like i said earlier this is one of my favorite songs i like i like to think back to what it would have been like prior to the Messiah coming, we obviously live on this side of the cross, how we would have looked forward to the all the promises in scripture of the Messiah coming, yeah. thinking about how the fact that we have to continually make atonement for our sins, we had yeah. to continually put sacrifices, there was no assurance at this point, right? Like you wouldn't know it because the full story hadn't been revealed yet because that comes later with yeah. Christ. Thinking about the fact that our sin weighs heavy on us and then totally thinking of the night that that, that story begins to change. It's like if you, anybody who's written anything or read a good book, there's that moment when the hero appears and you, and you recognize yeah. him. He may not have, have done what he's going to be famous for you, but you recognize him in the story. Right. And this is, and this is that point. It's been foreshadowed all throughout yeah. thousands of years, but the this snake is the moment. Crusher, the suffering servant, all those things. Exactly. And here he is. And then now he, now he is not exactly as we, as we thought it would be. Right. But he's in the story. He's now arrived, and and game on, basically. Game on. I love that. Yeah, that, no, that's good. I, I I agree with you, and I love that line. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. This idea that like, you know, like you said, our sin is weighing heavily on us, right? Evil. All of these things are a burden, um, and, and and we 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 you know the the people of God for years trusted that God would deal with it ultimately, but didn't know exactly how that would that would play out. Right. And, and I love that sin and error pining. It's like this, we're, we're there and we have this heavy burden of sin and we're yearning 
for the for the appearance of the Messiah. We're 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 yearning for uh, when he would come and and lift this burden off of humanity. And then that a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Like it, th- there's a whole new season upon us, right? There's there's a like a revolutionary shift in the the foundations of the world. And, and, you know, he's arrived. It, it's just so, it's just so powerful. Absolutely. And, and so then immediately it falls into the chorus, right? Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angels' voices. O night divine. O night when Christ was born. O night divine. O night. O night divine. And, uh, and I mean, you can hear, so the, the, um, the, the way it was written, right? Imagine yourself there. I think that's one of the things I love about this song is I think this song for me, at least the, you know, we have Oh Silent Night and, um, Away in a Manger and some of those, those songs, which we like, but for me, this one is the one that like captures what it really would be like to be there. There's that, that, you know, that powerful kind of, and the music swells with this like fall on your knees. And I imagine like, that's exactly like, can you imagine, you know, the shepherds, you know, they, they see that the, the sky gets torn back, you know, and these angels are singing and they go and they, they see this child wrapped in swaddling clothes, just like the angel had told them. And like, I imagine that that's exactly what they would have done. Like, just like either just like in, in this like emotionally overwhelming, like stumble forward onto their knees or just this in awe. Ah, just like fall f- face first. Like, I don't know this, this, this captures to me what it would be like to be there. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. I love, I love that. You mentioned it earlier too, about the, the line fall on your knees. It's, we we so often think of falling on your knees as something that we do like in prayer or something. This is just as this right here just speaks simply in just in praise and worship. Yeah. And it's just like fall on your knees, be par- prostrate before the Lord yeah. and just, glorify him. And I think that like, and glorify him even as the baby, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. he was like, and I, and I just think it's such a, like a powerful picture. And I think it's very interesting if we go back to the fact that this was a non-Christian who had to, who wrote this and then, you know, he, what did he do? He sat down and with the gospel of Luke, read the story and this is what he came with. Right. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's so evident. It's it's actually a, it's actually a bit of a rebuke how often we don't just sit and reflect and meditate on what the scene would have been like, yeah. and fall on our knees ourselves, right? Totally. Um, so I just I just love that whole chorus, which is why every time it's sung, it moves us, right? Yeah. So, so the second chorus or the second verse um, is generally. Uh, not sung as often in in modern songs. A lot of modern renditions kind of take this one out, but it it is good. Uh, It says, Led by the light of faith, serenely beaming, with glowing hearts by his cradle we stand. So led by light of a star, sweetly gleaming, here come the wise men from from the Orient land. The king of kings lay thus in lowly manger in all our trials born to be our friend. And then it goes on with, uh, he knows our need to our weakness, no stranger. Behold your king, before him lowly bend. Behold your king, before him lowly bend. Um, it's interesting that in a, a lot of our modern renditions of the song, we don't sing this part. Um, it's We're going to get into the original transliteration from French into English in the original. Um, and, and I think it's this is actually my favorite verse in that version. But there, it, it is interesting, right? So it talks about the king of kings lays in your manger. And then it talks about behold your king, bend before him, essentially. So the, the, part, the, the, the verse that we end up taking out is the one that commands us to bow before him, which, you know, you can see maybe why, <laughs> why we take it. Yeah. Out. Uh, we, we've, 
I won't say we've lost it, but we we very much focus on a, on a few certain attributes of Christ. We think yeah. we always think about the fact that he is savior. We always think about him of he, as a healer. We always think of him, but we very, very rarely ever think of him as king. Yeah. And I know we, like we on the podcast, obviously talk about kingdoms often, yeah. but it's something that, that I think it's very helpful to always remind that this was, this is the king of the universe. Yeah come to us. You know what I mean? And I think like the song very, very well points out that he is the light of the world. Everybody recognized it, right? Like yeah. wise men from the East, which were magi rulers of the, from the, from the Orient land came to worship because he is the king of the world. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Herod tried to kill him because he was born to be king of the Jews. You know yeah. what I mean? Not because he was just going to be a good guy. He, because he's a king and yeah. that's a threat. It, th- it threatens his rule. Yeah. Ex- exactly. And then like, then the song goes on, behold the king, Bend before him because what do you do before a king? You you you, you tremble in fear and bow. That's right. So, um, and then the third verse is the one that we one that we know. Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. And then this is where I think the the the, the song just like crescendos, where that it says, "Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever. His power and glory evermore proclaim. His power and glory evermore proclaim." Um, Love this, love this verse. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in. I have to point this out before you do because I know you will. The, I, the line that is brilliant to me in this, in this part is obviously truly you taught us to love one another is, is very accurate. We all yep. would affirm that. His law is love, <laughs> and his gospel is peace. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It's not like oh he just loved her. he. It the song even points out that love really looks like following the law of God. That's right, and then. His That's gospel what his law is. is his law is love. Exactly. His it gospel it. brings peace, but we all know it doesn't bring peace. But his gospel is peace. That's I right. think that's just a, such a profound line that we've again we sing, but we don't think about. I know, I know that, and that's the thing. So, um, yeah, I love that. I, I was going to point that out. So you beat me to it. As I had to. I had to. I know that's that's great. And uh, and then his gospel is peace. And you combine that with, in his name, all oppression shall cease. And I say this almost every year when I'm preaching through Advent series. I say this almost every year. We talk about how he came in peace. He came to bring peace to the world. He came to, so that in his name, all oppression shall cease. He brought the gospel of peace. So why isn't there peace? I say that every single year. And, and I think Christians, we, we sing it, but we believe it categorically. Well, we, we believe that he, he didn't really bring it. He brought the possibility of having that in eternity. Like, no, that's not what we sing, and that's not the story of the Bible. The story of the Bible is that in his first coming, his first coming, he brought peace and brought the end of oppression. Why? Because the end of oppression is the spread of the gospel. Where the gospel goes, oppression ceases. And that it's not instantaneous. It's like leaven working through a loaf. I, hey, I'm, I'm back on it. But um, he, we, we recognize that he did bring peace. But he brought peace in, contained in the gospel. And the gospel, where, where, the, where the gospel goes and takes root, peace is found. Oppression ceases. And I think that's just glorious. Yeah, and when oppression ceases, the next line's are basically a response to that. That's right. Sweet hymns of joy. You're overwhelmed with joy. Grateful choruses we sing. 
let everything within us praise his holy name. Amen. And then what and then the the almost like you said, the crescendo, the declaration at the end, Christ is the Lord, praise, praise his, his name, name forever. forever. Yeah. You know I mean and awesome. so I think that's I think it's one of those songs when all all we're really trying to do with this whole series is as as you start to sing these songs in church every week, as you hear them in the mall with your non Christian friends, as you as they get played probably at your workplace, learn what the song means so you can engage with it when you're sharing it so yeah that's exactly right preparing your heart to to fully engage in in the joy of christmas the the last thing that uh the last thing that we kind of wanted to do was just just because i think it is interesting that the the original lyrics of this song are actually even better like we've just praised this as a great song but the original is actually better so this is the literal english translation from french to english now the reason john sullivan dwight had to massage the lyrics a little bit in his translation is just so that it fit the melody right but but because translations will do that to you so but the literal translation is this Midnight Christians, it is the solemn hour when God as man descended unto us to erase the stain of original sin and to end the wrath of his father. The entire world thrills with hope on this night that gives it a savior. People kneel down, await your deliverance. Christmas, Christmas, here's your the Redeemer. Christmas, Christmas, here's the Redeemer. So, I mean, just the the strength of that in the original, right, talks about original sin, talks about the wrath of God, and, and, and indirectly talks about Christ as the propitiation, right, because it talks about him being the end of the Father's wrath, and that the entire world thrills with hope um, as it receives its Savior. So um, that's amazing. Yeah, you can see why it caught on right away. Yeah. <laughs> and then listen to this. May the ardent light of our faith guide us all to the cradle of the infant as in ancient times a brilliant star guided the oriental kings there the king of kings was born in a humble manger this is i love this listen to this almighty ones of today proud of your greatness it is to your pride that god preaches bow your heads before your redeemer bow your heads before your redeemer wow wow how much do you just want to <laughs> sing that to our leaders today right <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Um, and then the last verse is, the Redeemer has broken every bond. The earth is free and heaven is open. It's post-milk goodness right there. <laughs> he, sees, <laughs> he sees a brother where there is only a slave. Love unites those that iron had chained. Who will tell him of our gratitude? For all of us, he is born. He suffers and dies. People stand up, sing your songs of deliverance. Christmas, Christmas, sing of the Redeemer. Christmas, Christmas, sing of the Redeemer. Wow. I mean, I, I feel like the I feel like the chorus got stronger in in uh, Dwight's uh, rendition, but the verses just kind of got robbed of some of their power. So anyway, yeah, it's one of those things where you almost wish you could find a way to sing it with the melody. Yeah, in those in those totally. lyrics, but yeah. it's hard as I've learned. As after watching Christmas carols many a times, you can't change the melody on people. No, um, no, no, you can't. I almost want to. You can you can see like. You can see the poetry, though, right? Totally, like you yeah. can see how it's like this is this is thought out words, and I and I realize it's kind of funny because it wasn't a Christian who did it, but God works through people, right? Yep. Sometimes Cyrus, yep. you know what I mean? It happens, um, and he's working it like it just it's very powerful, and the and the and the words are like bang on. Yeah. He came to erase sin from the world. The entire yeah. world thrills with hope at this the night that the Savior is born. 
bow down for this is your deliverance. It's just yeah, so good. It is. It's so good. Yeah. So anyway, that's the song, Oh Holy Night. And we hope that this uh, increases your affections for King Jesus and uh, and helps you um, helps you sing it with a full heart this Christmas. Uh, maybe even find the story yourself. It's easy to find online. Tell it to your kids. Help them, um, you know, sing this song with a full heart. Um, but, uh, but may you keep Christ at the center of all your caroling, all your Christmas celebrations. Merry Christmas again. We'll be back with another one next week. Dave, the producer here with a note about today's Christmas song, O Holy Night. We thank Derek Drover for the use of his rendition of this carol. Derek is a London area singer-songwriter who just released his new CD called Christmas. Visit DerekDrover.com for more details. <laughs>